0: Welcome back to Ask the Teacher ABC. We are so happy to be here today to share another message with you about newborns through six months old. Go ahead, Anna. How are you doing? Yeah, so
1: I'm good. So this episode is going to be focusing on um, early childhood learning. And that's something that we have not covered quite yet. So um, we're excited to go into this with everyone. Um, these are definitely tips that you can put into practice right away and uh, we hope that you like this um, new episode so let's get started Mm. Um, so you have a baby
0: (laughs) what do I do with it
1: (laughs) what do you do with your baby so what are some things that um, you can
0: what is the first step to teaching your baby like after the baby comes yeah you know I think first first and foremost, you know, it's about physical touch, like holding your baby and stimulate that stimulate your baby's brain, even rocking your baby. Right. I think starting to sing to your baby using higher voices with the baby and even finding out which sounds like the sounds that are closest to the sounds that kiddos hear in utero, they still like to hear those sounds and those heartbeats. So I think continually stimulating the baby in an auditory manner And, um, you know, in a physical touch manner, because a lot of times babies are sleeping, right?
1: Yeah. And I know like one thing that you told me to do um, after I had Finn was to talk to him like all the time. And so um, what that basically ended up looking like for me was basically narrating my day to the baby. Yeah. So I looked like I was
0: talking to myself, but I wasn't. Right. <laughs> yeah. Talking to your baby will stimulate your baby, of course, mm-hmm. mind, body and soul and making your voice go up. So asking questions like something simple, like how did you, you know, did how did you sleep last night, baby? Or, you know, do you know how much mommy loves you? Or just kind of creating those questions where your voice goes up at the end and definitely having eye contact. Yes, your baby's little. But your baby can see from, you know, certain distances, especially while you're holding them, right? So that distance between holding your baby from your eyes to your baby's eyes, and they circle in on, you know, the iris or, you know, different types of circles, they like targets and different things like that. So I think that's really important to even show targets, you know, make a, get out of a paper plate and just draw little targets and whatever, like teddy bears with big eyes. So babies like to focus on those types of circular patterns. Oh, okay, I, I actually didn't realize that about the circular pattern thing, but that is really. Cool. I did that with you. I did paper plates and I, oh, really? In black and white because babies are attracted to also to black and white.
1: Yes, and there's actually quite a few children's um like newborn geared books that are in black and white. And if you're Um, lucky enough to get books at your doctor's office Um, our doctor's office actually gave us books every single time we went in for a doctor's appointment and um, a lot of the baby uh, of the baby books up until a certain point were black and white yeah and then um, when they reached a certain age then it changed to more colorful books right and stuff like that so that was really um that was really interesting and awesome Mm -hmm. so okay so after, you know, what what about when your baby is starting to make sounds, they're starting to actually try to express themselves. Um, what are some things that you can do after that initial um auditory learning? Continuing that of course oh, throughout continu- their entire lives.
0: Right. So just on different levels. Right. So continuing that and <clears throat> excuse me, when the when the baby is making those gaga mama noises, Mm-mm. repeat them back to the baby. And act like you're having a conversation with them. Yes, yeah. that will really help them develop what English language sounds sound like as opposed to if you're, you know, in another language, right? Mm-hmm. So when the baby says a sound that we recognize as an English language, like ma or da or ga, mm-hmm. then those sounds we trigger, we're our brains triggered, like, oh, these are sounds we recognize. And that's how we get the baby to continue to say those sounds and speak English, right?
1: <clears throat> right. And so, um, so we all all know, oh, well, maybe some people don't know, so I shouldn't say that. But what about baby sign language? So up until a certain point, you know, babies aren't going to be able to talk completely or develop their their speech won't be developed completely.
0: When should you start something like sign language? Yeah, start that right away. You know, you should be doing finger play anyway with the baby and showing the baby your different. Uh, dexterity you know motions that you Mm -hmm. choose i think a main thing another thing too is that you know start making those sounds start start showing those signs start saying those words and before you know it like the baby the baby's brain is like a sponge Mm -hmm. and when they see those then they start to mimic those and a baby will mimic if you spit your tongue out at a baby long enough they will then mimic that right yeah so just playing those little games with the baby little bits of time little bits at a time even like peekaboo you know that's yes. how kiddos learn you know he, they might not see you but it, you're you still exist right? right that's what that game is really about right? yeah yeah so maybe you could tell a little bit about Finn and how he did that
1: Oh, yeah. So I used to play um, peekaboo with him a lot, like at the table while I, because I would have him sitting in his little chair, like while I was eating or something, even before he could eat. And I would play peekaboo with him with like a dish towel or something. And then it got to the point that around um, like five, six months old, I think he was six months old, mm-hmm. um, and then he started playing peekaboo with me. Like he pulled the towel down. And mind you, he could not speak at all. Right. Um, and he, put the towel over his head and then he like pulled the towel down really fast and like started <laughs> laughing and looking yeah. at me like peekaboo like I see like right. I'm playing with you now and right. so it was that was a really cool thing because you know we had done it so much at that point that then he started to initiate the game of peekaboo which is
0: all I like... know which is crazy right <laughs> you know just like we talked about like play like when you play to you know just do different um have your kiddo t- have, allow them to touch different types of textures right Mm -hmm. like so a lot of the baby books have like the soft fur and maybe something that's ribbed or whatever but having that sense of touch the sense of smell like stimulate your baby's senses
1: right and like taking their hand you know and rubbing it on like oh this is the dog Feel the dog feel the dog and maybe not the dog is the right one because then babies you know they tend to close up their (laughs) hands and pull hair out but um, you know, just different textures, even like a sweater, like touching it and stuff. Yeah, by taking their hand so that they can um, touch those different things. I highly agree with yeah. that. I think that that's really stimulating.
0: And you know, take away that that curiosity Mm-mm. of the baby. Don't just say no all the time. But if it's a piece of glass or something that uh, you don't want a baby to play with, at least let them touch it, and then take you know tag a word on there like gentle, or you know, but glass gentle. You know, just start building that mm-hmm. language. Put those books everywhere with the toys. Put uh, books in the bath, you know, like letters to start, ref- you know, just r- give everything a name. Start naming all the sounds. Remember, even Addie would start asking questions like, who's that? What yeah. is that? And that, I don't even know, I can't even, I don't even know where that came from, honestly. I don't know why she
1: um, I think it's because Finn was at his questioning, like, stage when okay. she was born. Oh. Okay. And so he was constantly asking me questions. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so I think that's why she would ask questions so early, you know. Um, just because she was constantly hearing her br- big brother asking, what is that? What is this? What is that?
0: What is this? a box, Play this. I know what she yeah. really wanted to know. And she yeah. would say like where and use her five W questions accordingly. Right. Right. Mm. You know, I think the main thing is that we want the, the your baby. Babies feel loved when they have attention. Yes. And we, we also were, you know, even like crying Like, how long do you let your baby cry? You know, sometimes a cry is just to relieve a little stress before sleepy time. You know, so learning your baby's cries, and all moms will. yeah, know when that cry is hungry or when that cry is they're wet. You know, I think a good even rule of thumb, since we're kind of talking about newborns like this, dress your baby the way you dress yourself. If you're going to go, even like (laughs) where your baby gets a little bit older. Like, I remember we yeah. lived on a tropical island when you were born, and the first time out, I bundled you up in this sweater and a, and a hood, and, and here I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. You know, I guess I wanted to protect you or something, but I, after that, you had a heat rash, and then I was like, oh, my gosh, and the doctor said, dress your baby the way you dressed yourself. And It was like, oh, my gosh, you know. So anyway, and then another mom had asked, you know, can you spoil your baby by holding it? Like, can you hold your baby can you love your baby too much, right? Yeah, the answer is no. You can't love your baby enough. Because
1: literally, as, I mean, they're, when you have a baby, like, I don't I, I, don't
0: really like when people say that.
1: I know, like, you'll it smile them, me. Like, you'll like spoil because them. this is a baby, and literally, I'm all that they have.
0: Right, exactly. Your right. mortality is in their hands. E- their mortality. I mean, their mortality. Like, a, I just, <laughs> as a mom, we are ready to sacrifice our lives for our baby. But
1: um, <laughs> but yeah, and I think that that's important to realize that you know you really can't spoil a baby. Um, the more that you hold your baby, the closer that you become. Mm-hmm. That's really what I believe, right? You know, and I've had both a daycare kid, and I've been a, I was a, I've been a stay at home mom with my own my little girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was with my son. You know, I was a working mom, so I got like both sides of it. But I was still. Let me. Know. Yeah. Hold them. Talk to them. Right. Yeah. I mean, so the talking part, I feel like is one of the most important things. Like a lot of people have asked me in the past, like what I've done to um, help my child, you know, move along so quickly. And why did he have this wide vocabulary? And the biggest reason why is that I was constantly talking to him and I wasn't talking to him like he was a baby. I would talk to him like he was just another person because mm-hmm. I would I would narrate my day. And so because of that and because I wasn't using any baby language, he developed a white like he knows how to use words that adults know how to use. Right. In proper context. Mm-hmm. And that was, I think, one of the best things that I could have done because there's a lot of other things that I could have done way better. But that one thing mm-hmm. <laughs> is what I can say that I did like really the quote-unquote right way or whatever (laughs) you want to say but I think that that really helped and um you know because language is is the basis of having good writers good readers readers good good communicators right good communicators
0: and we want you know and the higher your vocabulary the more vocabulary you know um right you're just you're just going to be more intelligent overall Right. Mm-hmm. And you're able to express your emotions. You'll be able to label how you're feeling or um, you can talk about your goals. It, it really allows you freedom mm-hmm. to, to express it. And that's like a main thing that you want your kiddos to do. You want to be able to send them off to school with a full language vocabulary so that they can communicate with you too, how they're feeling at school or how they're feeling when they're not with you. So I think right. that was really key. That's a really key part in keeping kiddos safe, too,
1: yeah, is making sure that they're able to communicate properly, you know, com- completely, not properly, but com- that they can communicate completely to you what is happening, right. right. So, and it you know be positive or negative, right right. and and, you know, that's even kids who can communicate really well, like they're not always going to be able to express themselves in the right way either, right. But, um, Modeling that and, you know, seeing what that looks like and helping them to express themselves is really important. We kind of got a little bit off track though, so I'm going to bring it back. So we went up to six months. So we talked about baby sign. What about, um, oh, I can remember what it's called. When do you start, would you start learning, um, teaching alphabet, teaching numbers, teaching shapes? Um, when is it too early or when is it like good enough to start? Like, mm-hmm. should they start at six months? Is it a thing that you should always like just
0: be doing? Like, what is your opinion? Yeah. About? Well, you know, honestly, I think it's something that you should always be doing. I mean, mm-hmm. even if it's once a week, show the baby a letter. It's not going to hurt them. Like this is the buh, ba buh, buh, buh. Mm-hmm. You know, mention the sound of the letter over the letter, the name of the letter. So start just showing sounds, start reading those books, get those books out. And touch those words and touch those pictures and that will stimulate reading. Mm -hmm. And that way, you know, if kiddos can, reading is directly connected to Mm self-esteem. And, um, you know, the sooner a child reads and it's not, you know, it's not just reading a sentence, right? It's really comprehending and knowing those meanings. So I would say put letters in the tub, put letters on the refrigerator, um, practice writing, uh, you know, doing letters with your hands, just with your fingers and letting the baby watch you or or taking the baby's hand and tracing over the letter and making the sound. Um, I think lots of music, lots of music play, sounds, bells, you know, like we talked about, touch feathers, you know, just really stimulate your baby because you want the dendrites in the brain to grow. Right. Okay,
1: so what about... um I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to bring it up. OK, Okay. what about iPads? Mm-hmm. Because let's face it, we live in like this world of technology. I, I my kids both have access to iPads, you know, mm-hmm. my old ones that I don't use. Right. right. <laughs> and um, so what do you what is what are your thoughts about technology? Because I feel like a lot of people think it's like this black and white thing, but I'm not so sure that it is.
0: You know, we live in a day of technology, so why would you not expose your kiddos to the different devices that we have today, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there are age appropriate um, um, activities and, and learning programs on, you know, computers and iPads and let kids have that accessibility because everything is just going to be more technology, right? From here on out, it's going to be more and more and more and more. So my question is, when did you first introduce the iPad to Finn?
1: Well, I'm pretty sure that my cousin, um, Lex, was holding Finn. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we were trying to get him to calm down or something. And we showed him this busy beaver's, like, shapes show. Mm -hmm. Because for some reason, he was out of sorts. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I think, I want to say that
0: he was probably, like,
1: Nine
0: months old. Okay. okay. Now that was just little bits, right? So you have to think right. about his age. So a minute of something here and there. I mean, uh, I think from what I've read that kiddos shouldn't be watching television before the age of two. And we yeah. know that that today is unrealistic, <laughs> right? Well, I'm going to say right now that both of my kids are supposed to TV. way before they were. Two. I know because too much can <laughs> what? slow the cognitive oh. process of the brain, right? Well, so but you have also... to like kind of balance it out though, right? Well, right, but I also wonder about this
1: research. Is this like very current research with the current type of shows that kids watch?
0: I know, no. I I think we should go back and look at that.
1: Again. Only because I and the only reason why I'm saying this is because so I'm a parent who sits down and watches TV with my kids. Uh, cool. Um even if it's painful, even if it's the Mickey Mouse Club I party show or I mean, luckily, <laughs> Barty, luckily, I didn't have to go through that. I was the kid back then. So sorry, mom. <laughs> Care Bears. Um, well, they have Care Bears. But the point is, though, but th- but also those shows are different. Right. Than the shows that they have now. I know. Because I... if you sit there and you watch even Paw Patrol, they're learning lessons like it's a social emotional type of thing that they're learning about how people interact with each other. Mm -hmm. And so, and one thing, like, especially, like, I'm just going to throw out a show, like Octonauts. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a kid's show. My son used to, like, watch that show, and then he would be, like, repeating all these facts about all these different animals. And because of that show, like, he actually knows more about sea creatures than I ever have. (laughs) Or even want to. You know? So, um... You know, I could probably name all the Pokemon, but I definitely can't name every single animal on the planet. And that's just the way it is. But he can. He can name so many more than I can. So I I know that there should be a limit. And I agree with the limit. Mm-hmm. But I also think that with the newer stuff that they have out for kids, it is more geared towards learning. Mm-hmm. And that it is possible, especially if you're sitting down watching a show with your kid, even if it's painful, um, that you are talking things through with them. Yeah. About what's happening. Right. Because even with my little girl and even when she was really young and my son was watching like movies, like I would talk about what was happening in the movie. Right. And like how I felt about what was happening in the movie or happening in the show. Mm hmm. Like, yeah.
0: oh, that, that pup isn't being very nice. Right. That's a great learning. So see, you're, you're inter, you're being interactive, right? Well, right. so I think that's important. And, and when you have that little, uh, little baby, like up to six months old, you know, get on their level, you know, get down where the babies are. Don't stand up and talk to your baby. You know, if your mm-hmm. baby's doing some tummy time, you know, talk to your baby, which is another thing I see a lot of moms reach out to me because their babies have flat heads because they didn't give them that tummy time, right? And that tummy time is so essential for brain development. And they might even cry a little bit during tummy time. Oh, yeah. But I know you can speak to that. Yeah, Addie hated
1: tummy time. Mm -hmm. I put her on her tummy and then she would just like cry. Cry she did not like doing it. Mm -hmm. And so then I was like laying down with my head next to her just looking
0: at her and I'm like, this is for your own good. Right, right. This is for your own good. <laughs> I know. And even a lot of moms, um, do you remember that mom? And she was questioning, should she sleep with her baby? You mm-hmm. know? And, you know, that's, a, it's, it's it's a personal opinion, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, some people believe in, in co-sleeping and some people don't. I, I mean, honestly, it is a choice. Um, I know that, um, you know, it's something that I chose to do. I do think that it is more popular than people realize, though, Mm -hmm. Um, because I've met lots and lots of parents who allow co-sleeping. Right. You know, so. But it's it's just about what you
0: want to do, honestly. Because other cultures do it. That could be a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that um, from what I read, that when children sleep with their parents, they're more um app to be independent when they're at school or somewhere without a parent Mm -hmm. so if you are a working mom you know i mean you have to figure that out right you have to figure out what works for you but i did that as well you guys can't be more independent you know i couldn't that you
1: anymore. is true the one thing that i don't think that is true whether or not you choose to co-sleep is your own thing but the one thing i will say is co-sleeping does not create dependency right exactly um Co-sleeping is, I mean, it's just, it's a personal choice and that's really all is. It doesn't mean that your child is going to be more dependent on you. Mm -hmm. So I really, I really think that that's
0: just the most important point to me. And I think a lot of parents might struggle with that, but I think overall, you know, holding your baby, you know, being attentive, talking to your baby. um, You know, you're starting to groom this person, whisper little sweet affirmations into your baby's ear, you know, Mm just build that trust relationship and from there it, everything will blossom
1: yeah 100 percent. i agree with that um well i hope that you have gotten something out of this mm-hmm. um that you have learned something that you had a good positive takeaway please let us know how you like this episode um we are so happy to have your support um if you are a new listener please please uh, subscribe um also follow us on instagram at ask the Teacher abc podcast If you have a question that you would like for us to address and to talk about, do a little bit of research on, find out some answers for you, um, whether that is a parenting question or a teaching question, please reach out to us on Instagram or at AskTheTeacherXYZ at (laughs) (laughs) gmail.com. Okay. (laughs) Yes. So thank you so much, listeners. Yes. Share our podcast. We love you. Yes. Blessings. And we'll see you later next time. Bye.